Welcome to Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass, a weekly conversation about business, careers, and personal development designed to inspire, educate, and motivate you, and sometimes ourselves, to show up powerfully, live fearlessly, and to find and unleash your inner badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay. I'm Liz Green. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Bossy, Brilliant, Badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay here with my Hardy co-host, Liz Green. Hardy. <laughs> well, or so Hardy. I'll tell you, I'll Hardy. tell you. Oh, wait, is that how you, no, you're supposed to do the heart like this. I was doing it like this. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, you see, I wasn't just thinking heart, but that's actually perfect for our episode. I was actually thinking of a synonym for resilient because I'd already used resilient. Oh. And Hardy is a synonym for resilient. See, like everything makes sense, Liz. I don't do things out of the blue. <laughs> Yes, I've learned that about you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, so the Hardy also works as well for this episode. It's great. Yeah, yeah. We have so much to cover in this episode. We're going to talk about heart and brain resilience with yes. Susan Drum. I'm so excited. She's, and wow, wait till you hear her bio. First of all, she's a CEO advisor and leadership coach and the founder of Meritage Leadership. She has over 20 years of experience leading teams and senior executives to achieve their highest potential. Check this out, though. She has graduate degrees from Harvard Law School, Carnegie Mellon, and an MA in drama from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. So she used to be an actress just like me. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And she went to law school, which, you know, that fills me up as well. I mean, like, that's an interesting just background just in general anyway. And she does talk with us a little bit about that, which I really like because, like, the message in that is really cool. So stay till the end and hear that part of the conversation. Right, right. Exactly. So um, so she helps leaders develop the capacity and mindsets to lead in today's disruptive environment while inspiring their teams to do the same. And some of her notable clients include Viacom, L'Oreal, Microsoft, a Network, Cisco, Condé Nast, Merle Lynch, the list, the list goes on and on. And she's also um, certified by ICF and she's a master coach. Welcome, Susan. We are so excited about having you on this show today. Hi, Thank Susan. you so much. Yeah. So we're going to talk about heart and brain resilience today. And I know in our pre-chat, you said so many interesting things. I thought I can't even wait to delve deeper into this. So first off, what what is heart and brain resilience? So it... We'll step back and talk about the, the what we mean by resilience, which is okay. a capacity to prepare for change, adversity, and um, the the capacity is key. So it's not just a lot of people think about it as the ability to bounce back. It's actually how do I develop the capacity to handle it? Because stress is going to come at you, right? Like one way or another. Things are going to happen. We're dealing probably with more of it this year than we've ever dealt with. Uh, How do we develop the capacity to handle it a little bit like, you know, a flexible, a more flexible tree that moves in the wind versus and has the roots because they develop the capacity versus a really rigid tree that a bad storm will knock over. That makes sense. That's interesting. I like that analogy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Where you're saying you're still flexible. You can move, but you're really grounded. Yes. Um, versus being completely rigid and resistant. Yeah. 
Perfect. Yeah. And so around the heart, heart brain part of it is most people don't realize that it's um, the heart plays an important role in your ability to develop resilience. Um, and, and your brain plays a role, your head. And so the model that we use is head, heart, and body. And so particularly what we're going to focus, and that's like a, you know, longer workshop, but the, the, the heart is really what we're going to focus on today. And how can you leverage the power of your heart, believe it or not, to develop resilience? Interesting. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. So I think, you know, if, since we're focusing on the heart, let's talk a little bit about head and how we develop that capacity in our heads um, to become resilient. And then we can sp- focus more of our chat on the heart, which is where um, sounds like the good stuff is. Well, the head, the head, the, the work that we do there is dealing with that inner critic, that voice inside your head that loves to criticize what you're doing um, uh, or hold you back from what you really want to do. And getting clear what yours says, what is sort of the uh, sort of baseline drum beat underneath that, and learning how that serves you, because in some capacity it served you or you wouldn't be doing it. You wouldn't have that. So you want to be clear, like, where is it serving me, but where is it not serving me? Mm-hmm. And, and then looking at and doing some techniques to really decide what do you want to shift it to? And then how do I re-anchor that in, in the head, in the brain? And so here we're talking about neuroscience techniques to be able to create a new neural pathway in the brain that will be your new beat versus the old. And so that's a lot of the work that we do in the head, the head section. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're working with senior executives, leaders, teams, and whatnot, um, that sounds like a process that to me, I mean, I study a bit of that myself with IFS, but it sounds like a, a kind of a lengthy process. Are you able to say in your coaching engagements, kind of get right down to the bottom of it and have these changes actually occur in a shorter period of time? Yeah, so that's that's the idea because we're mostly working we're working a lot with um, fast growing companies that need to make some shifts immediately. So the uh, often with private equity who've invested in in different companies and they need to grow um, so that they can you know go IPO or whatever or be sold or whatever is going to happen. So the changes need to happen quite rapidly, uh, and and how fast they do all depends on how much the leader is willing to bite down. But the techniques that we have is, are really to look at how do we how do we get clarity on what that is and how do we shift to something new? And then it's the willingness to practice that. Just like any habit, you have to develop the awareness to catch yourself and shift into a new uh, a, the new neural pathway that's better gonna that's going to better serve you. But but the thing is what I find most leaders don't even realize that there's that background music playing. And, and they don't realize how it's coloring their perceptions, the information and the data that they take in. And so once you start to shift that, you, in a way, broaden your perspective, you broaden your ability to take in different set of data than you might have before and, and make better decisions as a result of that. 
Yeah. So what, can you give us like really quickly, just a little bit of what that process looks like for someone when you're coaching with them? Um, Cause you said they don't realize that that's happening. And I think that that's usually the case, right? It, it's all about the awareness. And then once you have the awareness, then you can do the work to kind of make the fixes. What, what does that kind of look like on your end? Like um, I'm just, I'm just curious what you've seen. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of different ways to get into it. Um, I'll just sort of give you one example say that happened yesterday, um, talking with an executive and, you know, we, we, by the way, we use a couple assessments to help us with, Mm -hmm. with that work. But, um, I'm thinking, you know, for listeners sake, without those assessments, uh, looking at in a recent conflict that you had, what did you notice you were saying to yourself? about what was going on. Mm. And, and so the example was, you know, underneath it was like feeling a lot of like shaming the other person. Like you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. And then I asked the question, where do you do that to yourself? And the awareness was, yeah, I, yeah, I'm always doing that. I look in the mirror and I'm like, all I look at is what's not right. Or I, 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 it started out with, I hold myself to very high standards, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, great. So again, it serves you. And, and that's exactly what she said. She was like, yeah, this, this has served me and, you know, the detail that I have to get into different organizations. But um, then we looked at, well, how is it not serving you? And, and so the work was to figure out what is the message you're actually saying to yourself, which was, I'm not enough. And if I'm not enough and I'm constantly shaming and criticizing myself, then I turn that externally out to the people I work with, to my family as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing the same thing I do to them that I do to me. So the work that we needed, you know, so that's how we boiled down to, you know, what that key central message was and helping them understand how much that, and, and so the very next question she asked, was like, how do you change that? You know? (laughs) And, and so part of it was, you know, I said, when you start treating yourself better, you will naturally stop doing that to others. So where are you withholding to yourself? Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit too about where that came from you know, and usually they have our roots in our childhood as we formed relationships and we were learning how to navigate relationships. And, and so we did, did a little work to say, okay, she just wanted to understand. So it, I think it's very flexible based on where the person wants to go, but that's part, part of it is determining how, so what are the ways then in which you can start to be nicer to yourself? What are the ways you stop shaming yourself? Mm-hmm. And you get the benefit, the motivation, you find motivation in a different way that's not shame-based motivation. And that really resonated with her. She was like, wow, yeah. I realized how much I'm using shame as my driver. Right. And I was like, that just, are you experiencing joy and happiness as a result of that? <laughs> like, right, right. You know, are you fulfilled? Um, so yeah, that is that. Yeah, no, no, that's excellent. That is exactly what I was, I I was looking for just to get a sense of how that looks for you. Um, Because I think 
you know, you work with executives, but it's not, it's the same for entrepreneurs as well. And women, especially, I think we have that sort of language and those voices in our heads. Um, you know, one of our favorite episodes Liz and I have done has been with um, an IFS uh, therapist who internal family systems, which is something Liz is learning right now as well. And we talk about the inner critic a lot. We talk about that yeah. voice in our heads and what it does to us and how it just kind of erodes us. Um, and I think it's really important for us to recognize it and understand what yeah. it does and why it doesn't help, um, how it does help. How it does it help does. as well. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's, that's so critical, right? Mm-hmm. I know in the last weekend training I did so much of it was around, you know, some of these protectors in our system, one being critical, the critical part of us, you know, essentially they're the kind of the true heroes because they they started and they were birthed out of you know trauma from being a kid and they stepped in and but but sometimes you know they're they're in a role that no longer serves at, at least not in an extreme way so i know for myself it's really helpful to say okay so this part actually is trying to help me this part that holds the critical message and what, how can I now view this part of me in more of a positive way and share with it from myself energy? So that's kind of stuff that, um, you know, we talk about in the training, but I just, I love what you're saying about this. And I love that it, that it's landing on people in such a positive way, because yeah. I think that we all, well, not, I think, I know we all have these parts in us, right. That yeah. essentially are protectors. So yes. it's amazing to reframe it. It really is. So thanks for sharing all of that. That's great. Yeah, it's super helpful, I think, to understand what is, what, what's going on in the inner workings that, again, I would say colors your perception of what, what's showing up for you. So if you can get a handle on that, you can take in different data and, and then maybe, you know, that message there that there are you open to the possibility that there's a there's a different and maybe more powerful way to motivate yourself than shame in my example 100% yeah so when you talk a little when you talk about heart, where the heart functions in this let's let's get into that a little bit because i'm very curious about what that would even look like cuz you know um that sounds like a weird place for it to come from <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. Right. So let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes. So, so here's how the heart plays a role. And a lot of this is um, there's, there's some incredible research behind it, but what we mean by heart um, is also emotions. Mm -hmm. So our emotions have a powerful effect on our major body systems so much more so than thought. And they can either renew us or deplete us. Mm-hmm. And so they're the primary drivers of physio- like things like hormonal, the hormonal system, the, the um, nervous system, the immune system even. And, and so being a primary activator of hormonal release, we have an access point there to learn to build our resilience. So, um, what we want to look at is what are sort of renewing emotions versus depleting emotions. And we'll talk about the impact on that heart brain connection as a result of that. So let me, maybe I'll first explain. Yeah. (laughs) What do I mean by those two things? 
Um, so a renewing, well, first a depleting emotion are emotions such as frustration, um, irritation, anger. Um, those types of emotions will essentially drain us. They can put ourselves into a fight or flight uh, situation that is releasing cortisol into the body, which is preparing you, you know, back when we were, you know, had to run from the tiger or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, the bear chasing us. Um, that was really important because we wanted to move out of the reasoning part of the brain and, and everything into the extremities to be able to go. And it was designed to be a very short term give you a hit so that you can take care of yourself. So when you think about the, you know, gazelle on the savannah, when a lion is chasing them, they're having that same response. But then once they're in the clear, they go right back to grazing and it's like nothing ever happened. Right. The problem is we as human beings are not generally doing that. We're holding on. So it's not to say all, you know, we should just never have these bad emotions as anger, frustration. They're important. They give us important information. I'll, I'll take, for example, anger. Anger gives us the information that there's been a violation, that something I value has been violated and or I've been violated. And the gift in that is the, the ability to set a boundary. Now, so so that to pick up on that is really important. But but what happens is we we stew in it. We, we keep, we keep working at it. And that over time creates this depleting effect on our bodies and the depleting effect on our bodies doesn't have us again, be in the highest reasoning part of the brain as a result of that. And, and the, and so I want to contrast that. Does that make sense so far? So like depleting these types of deplete. So we think about like, what's a depleting situation and what's the resulting emotion that it generates for you? Do you have, do you have one in mind? I know, Liz, you got to go. <laughs> I'm not, I mean. Why do I always have to answer these kind of questions? <laughs> you know, she you know I don't email. do That's the emotional right. thing. I don't do the emotional thing. No, um, in all honesty, I mean, I'm having a couple of thoughts um, of places where I get angry. And um, I am thinking about exactly what you said, where it's a, it's, it, it's, it's a, um, it's a violation. It's, 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 uh, it's, a it's a breach of my trust. There's a very specific situation that's kind of personal, um, that I don't feel as comfortable sharing, but it was really just sort of a breach of my trust. Now, what's interesting that I found that you said was within about an hour, it was gone. I'd let it go. I'd move past it. So I didn't sit with it. Right. Like I didn't sit mm-hmm. with those feelings, which mm-hmm. I think is the point you're trying to make um, where we tend to sit with the feelings and it never goes away. So we just kind of get drained and we are not functioning. We're not thinking about things at a high level. We're just yeah. kind of focused in on the like yeah. the nastiness of the feeling. And, and so what they found is even though you let it go in an hour, the impact to your body continues for up to five hours believe it or not. Okay. Wow. So the key is how do you reset and reset in the moment? And so learning some of these techniques and they've done, this is all from the research studies from HeartMath Institute um, that looks at this, this heart brain connection. Um, you know, they, they've looked at how, how can we reset faster? So we don't have the depleting effects on the body 
and the impact to to ourselves that staying in even even for an hour can have that ends up being sort of the five hours of of that. Think about and and where this has been really important are for different types of professions where there is high intensity, high stress. So police officers, EMT workers, right? Um, In in a recent conference I was in, the head of chief of police for all of Colombia was learning some of these techniques so that he could train his staff because even though they have to go into like an intense situation and then they leave and it's resolved, they're showing the impact on their body was tremendous for at least till that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the techniques are, how do you quickly shift and, and how do, I want to contrast that now with the renewing emotions. So renewing emotions are emotions that essentially send out exact opposite signals, but again, the same 1400 biochemical changes when you connect to them are happening in your body just to the good. So DHEA, the vitality hormone is produced. And these are emotions such as a appreciation, love, care, gratitude, not only do they feel good, the reason they feel good, because you're actually your body is, is doing all the stuff internally to be connected between heart and brain. And so what most people just talking about the heart and brain connection, what most people don't realize is the heart sends more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. So that's why the heart is an important access period. And we can measure that. We can measure that by looking at how well we are in what we call a state of coherence. So coherence just means when heart and brain are aligned, um, that the they're in sync. And you think about it like, a, I love using analogies so you can hear I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in all kinds of analogies, but <laughs> like a rowing, a rowing team that's all in sync, they move forward. When your rowing team is like off, you know, then it's, it's sort of one foot on the brake, one foot on the gas, very jagged. We can actually see that on heart rate variability um, monitors. So your heart rate variability, when you're in this state where you're all aligned and we have what we call heart-brain coherence, it's in a perfect sine wave. Mm -hmm. When you're out of coherence, um, when it's kind of that jagged, it's, it's a jagged line like this, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of heart rate variability. And so they monitor all the systems that are going on. You get all the best benefits when you're in that perfect sine wave, you have some of the negative benefits going on when you're in that jagged line. So the technique that we have is to be able to quickly shift your, your systems to be able to get back to that perfect sine wave. Some people don't have that perfect sine wave like all day long. And that's, that's part of the problem. So the more we could practice it, and, and we wanted the, the thing that about uh, what this is about is it's not just, it's not meditation or mindfulness. It's a way to reset in the moment. So you've just been in an argument and you can feel your heart racing or something happens at work and you, and you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? You can reset in the moment. And that was the same thing. Like a police officer needs to reset in the moment so that they can get out of the fight or flight and be able to think in the highest reasoning part of their brain versus again, this more the very the, base, the very the base. reptilian. Yeah. yeah. So that's all, mm-hmm. that's a whole lot. I mean, there's more to go into, but I want to, how, how does one do that then? I'm sure, you know, there's a big process there, but so, so one's feeling, you know, really strong reactions, anger, whatever, like you say, it's just been an argument and um, to just reset 
And so that it's, it really, you're, you're having that feeling for a very brief period of time. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about what that sounds like? Yeah. So there are a number of different techniques. I'll, we'll do one live here if that sounds good to you and we'll get the benefits of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said, sure, but that was not me volunteering. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can do both. You both can. (laughs) It's so simple. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, really? It's that simple. All right. Let's Let's do it. (laughs) It is that simple. It's crazy. So, okay. So um, I'm going to read you the steps first and then we'll actually practice them just so you know what, what's going on. So okay. what you're going to be doing, step one, it's two steps. Step one is to focus. This is called quick coherence, by the way. You focus the attention on the area of the heart or chest and imagine your breath is flowing in and out of the heart or chest area a little slower and deeper than usual. So usually we kind of count five seconds in, five seconds out. That's step one. And then step two is going to be, and so we're actually going to practice this in a second, but make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative emotion, such as care or appreciation for someone or something in your life. I like to think about my little puppy, Jasmine, always brings this incredible warm smile to my, to my heart, to my face. And when we do this, you can do this with your eyes open or closed. So that's why I want you to know, like you're in the middle of a meeting, you can do this technique. You mm-hmm. can reset right then and there. So and let's try it out. Sit there cross-legged and, and you know, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hang on everybody. Hold on. I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's minute. the thing. Now, meditation is awesome. People say, how's this different from meditation? Meditation is awesome, and I meditate as well. But you can't, in the middle of a meeting, go off and meditate. We'd like to, but we can't. So, so this is something you can do. So let's give it a shot. You yeah, ready? sure. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so step one, to focus the area of your heart or chest and imagine your breath flowing in and out of your heart a little slower and deeper than usual. Wait, can I interject for just one moment? (laughs) Sorry to stop here. I mean, Liz. (laughs) Should we first, just to see how it works, imagine something that has been, you know, where we felt a reaction first? Um, You don't have to. Um, I, I would say be authentic with where you are. Okay. Because I practice this not just in those moments. I practice because I want to build the capacity to be able to handle those. So we'll talk about how to use it after. I do it first thing when I wake up. I do it last thing before I go to bed. I sometimes do it at lunch just to reset. And then I also use it during stressful times. So kind of like a workout, right? Like you're just doing it. Yeah. To kind of build the muscle. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So step one, focus on the area of the heart or chest and imagine your breath flowing in and out a little slower and deeper than usual. Might want to count five seconds in and five seconds out. And step two is to make a sincere attempt 
to experience a regenerative emotion, such as care or appreciation for someone or something in your life. Okay, so we went, you can do it faster too, but I wanted to go a little bit slower since it's the first time you're doing it. How do you feel? I feel good. I, I, I get the sense of um, how it can work, right? To kind of really sort of shift your brain into a different sort of thought process. One, you're doing the breathing thing, which is just always calming, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody always says, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. So it's Mm -hmm. always calming, always um, um, a thing you want to do. And then when you focus your mind away from the thing that is creating the stimulus, that's creating the negative emotion or the degenerative emotion. Is that what you said? Yes. Um, Then to something that's a little bit more positive, then you kind of move away from it. And I could see how you could instantly or quickly move away from it. So that makes sense to me, like yeah. just from a very practical place. The thing that is, is powerful is when you see it, you can actually monitor it for yourself. So um, towards the end, I'll talk about a, uh, how you can get more information, a download where you can get an app with a sensor that you clip to your ear. What if I have one here? Oh, I think it's behind me. Um, you clip it. So this is what I use to monitor and build my resilience over time. And so it truly is like a workout because you can monitor how well you're getting into coherence. The higher level of coherence you are, the more resilient you're going to be no matter what comes your way. And you have to build just like a workout that muscle over time. But even if you just do it in the moment, it's going to help you. But, but you, when I, when I clip it on and I do it every morning to see where I am, I do the technique and it, you'll see it'll immediately, it'll, it'll show you how your heart rate shifts. And Mm -hmm. if you're able to keep coherence and then, um, it'll give you a score, like your level of coherence. So you can see where you are. And honestly, over time, it's been pretty, when I started this and it gives you like levels like red, blue, and green, green's the highest. Um, I was kind of barely, getting to blue, you know, sometimes red. And now I'm way up in the green, much higher. Any, I tell my clients anything over three um, coherence level is really great. I'm able to easily access five and six. And that was not where I started. Oh. And, and so it shows up in how I handle whatever is, is coming at me. And people are like, say, wow, you just seem calm. You just seem more grounded. And I can tell you, I'm sort of a high energy go-go, like I'd be like, ah, kind of person all the time. This allowed me, yes, I've got that energy, but it allowed me sort of a place of grounding to put it. So it wasn't um, impacting my health as well as helping me show up better as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's excellent. Um, excellent. I'm curious about um, two emotions that we did not talk about. Um, we didn't talk about fear at all. Um, and we didn't talk about on the flip side of it, I'm thinking excitement, right? But I'm assuming excitement, that's easy because it's, as long as it's anything that's positive, that kind of moves you out of the negative, then we're good. Um, what about fear, <laughs> right? Because I think fear, um, is 
very interesting <laughs> and emotion. And we had just had a whole conversation with someone else about that. We did a whole episode about it um, and how it impacts us. So I'm curious about your thoughts around that. Yeah. So, so similar to anger, there's important information and there's a gift in, in fear. So the key is, do we let ourselves, some people don't let ourselves feel that and they can get into trouble. So imagine um, the, the, the information you get is that there's danger when you're feeling fear. Um, and the gift in that is the, the, then the motivation to create safety or move mm-hmm. to safety. Mm-hmm. Now, too low of an access to fear will have you be... Um, taking unnecessary risks, right? Mm-hmm. Or because you're not feeling the fear and in ways that can come back to bite you, right? Right. Feeling too much of fear can paralyze you from taking action. So the freeze um, or run away when you don't, you don't need to. So the, usually the flight the, the, of the response, you're having freeze or flight as mm-hmm. a result. Mm-hmm. So, um, so again, I say like no emotion. I don't judge and say, oh my God, all fear is bad. Um, look, we got to protect ourselves. Like that's why we are feeling it, but how much is it living in our life? So related fear could be one of those. I just tend to go to irritation, frustration, because people can, people can access that easily. And there's usually some of that in your world in some form, you know, little irritations here and there every, every day, like, yeah, yeah. It's easy. It's an easy access point. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. (laughs) But fear is also a depleting emotion like the other, like the other, all kind of that, those sort of negative emotions are meant to give you information so that you take it and, and act or make the appropriate adjustments. When you stay in them too long, they have a depleting effect again on your ability to make decisions, your ability to take in information and overall they wear out all your systems of your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that makes fun. sense. And it lowers your immune system too, right? Yes. Yes. Because again, the, the, all that cortisol and those, uh, there, there are, I think I mentioned before, but there are 1400 biochemical changes happening in your body when you're feeling those depleting emotions. Wow. I mean, think about that. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons I think also, and I don't know if I'm going to get the statistics exactly right, but um, that the that I heard the police, one of the reasons the chief of police was learning about some of these techniques is, did you know also the, the average life expectancy of a police officer after they retire is like 10 years because wear and tear on their body has been so hard. Um, Wow. So, so a lot of healthcare is looking at this as well to maintain their ability to, you know, if I could, I, you know, tell more frontline workers right now, you need this more than ever Mm because you are just dealing with such stressful situation that you've got to balance it out with this technique, right? You've got to balance it out. And it's not to say that isn't tough and you aren't dealing, but, but how much of your day are you spending in there? And, um, and it's really helped me stop choosing it as much as I am. And I'm not saying you can always choose it because if something horrible is happening, right? It doesn't feel like you can choose it, but, but there are times that I'm actually choosing it. And mm-hmm. I think, I think you need to sort of make that I distinction. Mean, sometimes Susan, you just need to like sit in it 
and feel it. Like sometimes you just want to sit in it. Like I, I find that, especially with anger, like sometimes I just, I just want to be mad and I just want to be mad and leave me alone. Let me be mad. And then we'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you um, doing it too long. That, has that negative impact on your body and we don't want that. So we'll see. We'll see what I do with that anger. <laughs> well, no, it's, I know it's, it's because it's giving you something. So you want to look at, well, what's that giving me to be able to sit in that for a little bit? Yeah. And, and, and again, if it's motivating you to create a boundary, to figure that out, then that's all awesome stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, right. it's that opportunity to look at that. Yeah. So, I I mean, I like a lot of what you're saying. I mean, if I were to kind of say it back to you, I would think I'm thinking what I'm hearing is it's really about building that awareness, recognizing when you're in that depleting emotion and making the shift to doing something more positive, using that technique you just showed us um, and moving out of it, understanding it. So it, it comes back to what I think is like the biggest, best thing we can do for our lives just in general is to create awareness. (laughs) which is just understand who we are and why we are that way. What, what it is that we're feeling. That's, that's always my biggest tip. Like try to understand it, which means stopping and thinking about it for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we have uh, a lot of coaches that are in our audience. And so what would you suggest for these coaches when they're working with teams um, how, how would you use some of these techniques with say a group of people, um, in the workplace? I like to start meetings with, let's all sort of take a moment and get connected. And, um, you know, some people have started med- with meditation. This is, but not everybody, sometimes people hear the word meditation, like, oh my God, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. This is an easy way just to, you know, it's less threatening <laughs> for some that are intimidated by it. Um, and it just resets so that we're we're all again in the highest reasoning parts of our brain versus who knows where you came from from another meeting. So, um, so that's that's how I like to do, to use this one. By the way, this is not like I said before. This is not the only technique we teach. Techniques for coherent communication, for intuition, like tapping intuition, um, uh, for uh, building what we call sort of an inner ease state. So there are a bunch of other ones. I just wanted to give you one that's easy to easy to do here in this format. Um, right. With, with the background. So, so that's, um, and then, you know, I've, I've, I go through the workshop on resilience with teams. So that's, that's basically what we do. And we talk about those, those three different centers and how to build resilience in each one of them and give exercises and there's coaching to be able to do that. But in terms of like, this is some an easy thing that you can do to start your meeting. That sounds yeah, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Anything that you think we should touch on just to make sure that we get into it so you get everything covered? Um, one, one other thing around using this technique uh, in conjunction with meditation, if you do meditate. So I actually, I do meditate every morning um, and I like to use this technique to start my meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of gets me in the state. And the, the interesting thing is sometimes I've done, again, I talked about that sensor that I put on just to measure my coherence. Um, you can, there's a setting where when you change coherence levels, like I said, there's red, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. When you change levels, it'll vibrate. So I just decided to have like a little test on this, or it can play a note, but I didn't want the sound. I, and I put it on and I did the technique and then I went into my meditation and, and 
you know, I'm in the green, I'm in the green. And, and, and what was so weird was the minute my mind wandered to something that I was you know, a little anxious about for the day, the thing vibrated. Mm. And I'm like, holy moly, that is how quick your thoughts are directing what is happening in the body. So it just really made me, it's like, wow, that that's really powerful to realize. And I'm like, oh, it, it caught me. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, go back, go back. And so it was almost helped me with my meditation in a way too. Cause it was like, you know, you get lost in thought and it takes you. Mm-hmm. It sort of brought me back. I don't always do that now. Cause, but, but it was an interesting piece. So it's just a little side note. You can use it to go into meditation. Um, but, but here's what I, I recommend that you do is, is whatever you do, do it three times a day. If you can't, that's how you build it. And five, like five minutes a day, would be awesome. Mm-hmm. If you only have a minute, you only have a minute. Um, but uh, I like to do it when I wake up, when I go to sleep, and maybe sometime in the middle of the day, like lunchtime, just to reset. Um, then I'll also do it before big meetings, or I'll do it in the heat of the moment. So those are other times. But in general, I try to make it sort of a breakfast, lunch, and dinner type of thing. Yeah. Oh, that and that's an easy way to like keep track of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, you have such a diverse background. I'm so curious. You have degrees from Harvard Law School, Carnegie Mellon, uh, London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. That all, (laughs) it all seems so interesting in terms of how you came to start your own company as a leadership coach. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? That I I told my husband, um, he asked, he goes, so who are you having a conversation with today? And I said, oh, this woman, she has degrees from da, 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 da. He's like, whoa. He's like, that's impressive. (laughs) I'm like, I know. I I said, I'm so curious. I guess one, I'm a learning junkie. I just love learning, right? That's, you know, but um, yeah, I, what is, what is, what I am, I'm excited about that I've created is something that brings it all together. And I, it brings it together doing leadership development in a way that I had never imagined. Um, the law, um, uh, and I, and I graduated and decided not to practice law. And I saw pretty early on, this was not going to be the right profession for me, but I didn't know what was, but I was dreading graduating for, for a bit. And I was already doing some business, taking classes at the business school, transferring them over, And then I got into strategy consulting straight out of law school. But what law taught me was this ability to make distinctions um, that, and mostly it's about making distinctions in case law. That's the use case it's applied to in the law. I use that same skill to make distinctions in mindset. So I use it. Mm -hmm. So I still use it. And each of the stuff, like the acting, um, which was mid-career, believe it or not, um, the acting, um, you know, it was really where I found, wow, there's got to be a way I could use this in business because you have to have this ability to connect authentically. And, and really that was the first place I learned about that inner critic because you can't be on stage and having that inner critic yelling at you, you are not going to be authentic as your character and with the other person. So you had to learn how to deal with this. And I thought, oh my God, there's got to be a way to use this in business. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, sort of that's how I got into leadership development. Wow. Yeah, that's very interesting. I like what you're saying there. Um, it it kind of puts me in the mind of everything we do, we sort of feel like 
um, everything we do, we might've wasted time. Yeah. We just really have to think about how whatever we have done serves us in what we want to do, right? Yes. Everything is all connected. It is. That's, it is. That's, that's, that's the thought I'm having as you're, you're speaking that well, it's not said. too late. Nothing's wasted. Nothing's yeah. wasted. I, nothing's wasted. And people thought I was crazy going, you know, five years after gra- graduating from law school, six years, I'm going to drama school in my early I know it's, I would have probably said you're crazy Susan I would have said the same thing but and <laughs> like I Carnegie Mellon like you can't that's like it's amazing weird. it was just I just you know and I had the opportunity to do it um because I was living abroad at the time and there were some benefits to like if I was ever going to do it I needed to do it then right and um so you just that's that's following your intuition and um you know, what I, what I hope more people can get in touch with that inner voice in the good way to, to, to help guide them and direct them on the right choices for them. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. excellent. That's excellent. Exactly. Susan, this has been amazing. Yes. So amazing. Thank you so, so much for sharing some time with us today. This has been a great conversation. I absolutely loved it. Um, what about you, Liz? <laughs> Yeah, I just loved it. You speak my language. I love you. I, it's just has been a fantastic hour. So thank you so much. So, okay. Where can people find you? So, um, one thing that I want to offer to people is to get more information on getting this sensor if they want. And, um, and that technique that I mentioned, so you can, um, we've got a little download for you. Um, and the way you get that is you just go to susandrum.com slash brilliant. Um, so it's, uh, S U S A N, um, dot D-R-U-M-M at, and you could put this in the thing and then slash brilliant. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sorry. There isn't a, it's Susan drum, all one word, S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M and then um, slash brilliant. So you can go check that out and you can put that in the the show notes if you like as well. And then, um, and then my uh, website for um, my firm is Meritage Leadership. So you can check us out there. Excellent. 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 Thank you so much, Susan. And thanks for being our badass of the week. (laughs) Love it. Love you guys. Thank you. That's it for us this week. Remember, you can find anything we referenced in the episode in our show notes on our website, bossybrilliantbadass.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. It helps us get found. And thank you for listening. There'll be more Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass next week. So until then, be be a badass. badass.